John chapter 15. This is going to be our last message in the, in the study of John. Uh, we barely scratched the surface of what can be learned and gleaned from this book. But the title of my message this morning is Abide in Me. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. And if you're physically able, out of reverence to God's word, if you'd stand, please. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples some 2,000 years ago, but speaking to us today. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, and he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. And by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be, my, I'm sorry, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. May God bless us by the reading and the hearing and the doing of his word. You may be seated. Guys, I'm really struggling with this one this morning because I've got my notes here. And uh, I'm struggling with sticking to my notes or with just going straight from what's here. They touch on that, but uh, line up with that, but... Uh, I, I, I just felt led to kind of go in a different direction than, than, than what I, I had in my notes all week. You know, I said in my prayer that, that those of us, so many of us that are Christians, we were saved. We, we know God from, for lack of a better term, a, the, the legal standpoint. We know that according to the law, according to God's law, that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. And because we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, we're separated from God. And that Jesus Christ fulfilled the legal requirements of the law. If we come to him and we repent of our sins and we ask him for forgiveness and ask him to come into our lives, he becomes our Lord and Savior. That, that's, from a, if you will, from a legal standpoint. But I think so many of us miss out on the fact that God wants more than that. He wants us to have a deeper relationship with Him than for us just to say, well, yes, Jesus saved me from my sins. Jesus paid a debt I couldn't pay. Yet that, that, that's important, but, but Jesus speaks here of, of abiding abiding in him and folks what he what he's meaning in in in, in this is that we're in constant fellowship we're, we're constantly connected we've got a desire to be with him all the time and that he wants to treat us 
as a good father wants to treat his children. He wants the fellowship to be so intimate that it's almost like us crawling up into our daddy's lap and just letting him hug us and love us and, and, and love on us. And see, so many of us as Christians struggle because either we don't know that or we can't comprehend that or we're, we're not willing to, to let the walls break down so that we can experience that. And for that reason, so many of us, so many of us struggle. And, and, and we see here, Jesus says, I'm the true vine and, and my Father is the vine dresser. Now, if, if Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be, which we as Christians know that he is, why is it so tough for us, me included, so tough for us to, to abide in him? For us to, to have that constant fellowship, that, that constant love relationship with him, why is it so hard and, and, and the least little thing distracts us? And instead of abiding in the love of Christ, we worry because there's more bills at the end of the month than there is money. Instead of resting in Him and abiding in Him, we worry about, I might not have my job tomorrow. And guys, don't get me wrong, these are legitimate concerns. But number one, He tells us that worry is a sin. Number two, He tells us to abide in Him. And if we are abiding in Him, if we're letting Him love us and protect us and take care of us, then although we're going through these things, we can rest comfortably and assured in the fact that it's going to be taken care of. Those bills are somehow going to get paid. If you don't keep the job you've got, he's going to give you another job. If you've done everything in the world you possibly could to raise your kids right, but they're rebelling, he gives us the comfort that they can come back one day. Or at least give us the comfort that, you know what, you did everything you possibly could, the rest is up to them. Why is it we struggle with that? And I'm not asking that as a question because I'm going to follow up and say, well, here's the answer. It, it's just a question this morning. Why is it that we struggle with that? When we know that He created the universe, we, we know that, that He hung the stars, we know that, that He created the earth and that with His hands He scooped out the canyons and with His breath He, he created life and, and, and in His omniscience and in His love, he sent his son to die on a cross and we can believe that and we can accept that but yet somehow we struggle to accept the fact that he wants to take us in his arms and he wants to protect us and he wants to love on us. Remember Jesus as he stood over Jerusalem before he went into town that last time? He said, how often I have wanted to gather you under my wings as a hen does her chicks but you wouldn't allow me to do it. Christ wanted the people of Jerusalem to abide in him. I want to take you under my wings. Like a 
a mother hen does her chicks. He tells us that if we know him as Lord and Savior, we're already clean. He says in verse 3, you're already clean because of the word which I've spoken in you. Spoken to you. But what does he go on to say? He says, abide in me and I in you. He's saying, if you come to me and give me everything, all your thoughts, all your dreams, all your hopes, all your prayers, all your fears, all your concerns, all your worries, if you come and give yourself totally to me, I will give myself totally to you and either walk with you through what you're going through Or maybe take you out of it, but I will be there to give you the strength you need to get through and I will give you the peace that you need so that you can lay your head on the pillow every single night and close your eyes and go to sleep because you don't have to worry about what's coming tomorrow. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. But folks, the reason, the only way that we can face tomorrow because he lives is if we abide in him. If we give ourselves totally to him. And guys, I, you, you know me well enough to know I'm not talking about a legalistic form of giving everything to him. In other words, I'm not talking about being like the religious leaders were in Jesus' day that said, oh yes, I kept every one of the commandments when really what they were saying was I may have kept them outwardly, but I didn't keep them inwardly. What, what God wants us to do, what Christ wants us to do in abiding, abiding in him, is I want you to give yourselves totally to me. Let me live through you. Come to me before you make a decision. Come to me before you say anything. Come to me when that first thought pops into your mind and ask me what I think about it. Ask me what I want you to do. And then do it. And if you do it, you're abiding in me. He says, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. God calls us to bear fruit. Jesus calls us to bear fruit. But let's just narrow it down right now. Let's talk about the fruit of a, of a life that's content of a life that's at peace, of a life that, that has no worry, of a life that has no fear. We can't do that on our own. We cannot live the Christian life on our own. God has got to do it through us. Jesus has got to do it through us. And, and, and again, he says here, Abide in me and I in you, unless, as the branch cannot bear fruit in itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. What he's saying is you cannot, you cannot bear the fruit of a life at peace. You cannot bear the fruit of a life contented. You cannot bear the fruit of a life that shows no fear or, 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 or no concern about what's going on all around you. You cannot live a life of joy. You cannot live an abundant life. You cannot live a, a, a life that gives you peace beyond understanding 
unless I'm in there giving you the power to do it. What happens if you take a branch, say an orange, an orange tree, you cut a branch off of that orange tree and you, you throw it out in the field and you leave it for a year or a season, the tree that's still rooted in the ground when fall or whenever the harvest comes for oranges, I don't know, that tree is going to bear fruit. But what's going to happen to that branch that's been cut off and has been left there on its own? It's not going to do anything. Matter of fact, it's going to wither and it's going to die. And what Christ is telling us here in a sense is, is if you want this peace and this contentness and, and, and this joy, you've got to give yourselves totally to me. You've got to allow me to have control of your life. You've got to allow me... You've got to trust me enough, number one, to believe everything that I say is true, and you've got to trust me enough, number two, to, to realize that I, that I want you to come to me. I want you to crawl up on my lap. I want to hug you. I want to love on you. I want to take care of you. I want to protect you. Though, though your, your earthly father might not have done it, though everybody you've ever come in contact your entire life might have abused you, they might have beaten you down, they might have said you're not, your life's not worth spit, that, that, that you were an accident and you'll never amount to anything. Jesus says, I know better than that, but the only reason, the only way I can help you get over that is if you're willing to abide in me. If you're willing to come to me, and let me do what I want to do. Guys, I don't know if I'm rambling or not here this morning. I'm just kind of sharing what, what I just feel like God's laid on my heart this morning. Is that where you are today in your relationship with Christ? Do you know Him on such an, such an intimate level that you can envision yourself, if you will, coming up to your spiritual father and just sitting down in his lap and letting him lavish his undivided love and his, his undivided attention on you to give you the peace that you need, to give you the contentment that you need, to, to allow you to bear the fruit, in this case this morning, of a life that doesn't have any fear, of a life that's content of a life that says it doesn't matter what is going on around me, I know God's going to take care of me. And folks, we're going to need to rely on that more and more as time draws on and Jesus tarries. Because the world is getting worse and worse. Even in our own country, it's going to get worse and worse. Folks, I don't know how much you pay attention to the news. And I will say, let, let, me, let me say this at the outset. It doesn't matter what party and who's in office right now. According to God's timetable, things, were go things are going to be set up to happen a certain way anyway. But even in our own country, 
things are starting to get set up now where we're not going to have any other choice but to rely on God and rely on each other. Because things are being set up to, to, to diminish legally, if you will, diminish what the church, what the body of believers can do, what the body of believers can say. But also, if you will, governmentally, it's getting set up in the way, I don't know if you have noticed that politics and religion are starting to merge. I don't know if you guys saw the news, any of the news clips this week. And again, this isn't about party. It's just about it being done and we need to be aware of it. The Speaker of the House stood up at a news conference and started talking about the Word. And several times during this conversation, she was talking about the Word this and the Word that and oh, just thinking about the Word takes my breath away. And I think she even talked about the fact that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and she talked about how we need to live the Gospel out. But folks, Washington's version of the gospel is different than this gospel. And again, I'm not saying that to, to criticize one party or the other. It's, it's gonna, it, it was going to happen regardless of who was in charge because everything is going according to God's timetable. But what I'm getting at is because all these things are going on, are you really where you want to be in your relationship with Christ? Do you know Him as a Father that, that is kind of at arm's length and, and you know, He'll take care of, I, I know He's taking care of me and I'm, and, and I'm going to go to heaven one day, but, but I, He's left me to, to live the rest of my life on my own? He wants me to make my own decisions. He doesn't want me to consult him. He doesn't really want me to... I, I, can't have, I can't have an intimate relationship with him even though he died for me. Or are we trying to develop the relationship with him where our first impulse is not only to run to him but to abide in him, to, to stay with him. Him with us and... And us with him. Am I making sense? I hope I'm making sense because I know sometimes when I preach messages like this, my dear wife is in the back going, oh Lord, what is he doing? And sometimes you guys, I get the impression that you're looking at me with those deer in the headlight eyes. Like, what in the world is he, you know, where is he going with this? But again, it all comes down to he, he wants us to abide in him. He wants so much more with us than just a legalistic, yes, I died for your sins and you're going to go to heaven now relationship. And he tells us again that you, we can't even live the Christian life apart from him. We, either you can be the most confident, worldly person in the world. And when I say worldly, I mean non-Christian. And I don't care what you say, you cannot, you cannot honestly say that, that you're... That, 
that you live a life where you're completely content, you're completely happy, you don't have any fears, you're not scared of anything. Because I can guarantee you, anybody that tries to tell you that when they go home at night and that light goes off and they're by themselves, at some time or another, they wonder what's going to happen. All this stuff I've worked to accumulate, am I going to have it tomorrow? This job that I've worked 19 years at, I've got, you know, I can either retire 20 years or 25 years, am I going to have that job tomorrow? They have those concerns. They have those fears. But Jesus is telling us that if you abide in me, you're going to bear the fruit of living a life of peace and contentment. You've heard me say it many times. What's the, from a worldly standpoint, what's the worst thing that can happen to us? We, we die and we go to heaven and we never got to worry about it anymore. I die and go to heaven today, I don't have to worry about paying the bills. I don't have to worry about making the car payment. I don't have to worry about, Lord, what am I going to preach this Sunday? All that's done. That's the And so from an overall standpoint, not just worldly standpoint, us living in the world, but a spiritual standpoint, why do we worry? Why are we afraid? The worst thing that's going to happen is we can die... And we don't have to worry about it anymore. Well, yeah, but pastor, what if he doesn't take us home and, we're, and we're, we're stuck living here? Well, that's when we continue to abide in him and allow him to love us and, and to lead us and, and to guide us. And I think sometimes maybe the reason we have a hard time doing that is it comes back to what I was talking about or what I was praying about. We base our view of God, many of us base our view of God the Father, we base our view of the Heavenly Father on what our earthly father was like. And if our earthly father, again, was away from us or, or he beat us up, he cut us down all the time, or, or, or if he totally left us, that's the kind of view we have of our Heavenly Father. But what does the Bible tell us? The Bible tells us that he's perfect, that his love is perfect. So if he's perfect and he wants us to abide in him and he says, I'm going to love you, that old song, I'm going, to, I'm going to love you like ain't nobody loved you, come rain or shine. In a spiritual sense, that's what God wants to do with us. But we've got to trust him enough to come to him and, 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 and to allow ourselves to abide in him so that he can do that. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. I'm just going to touch on that really quick. That doesn't mean I can pray whatever I want to and throw in Jesus' name in it and it means it's going to get answered. What he's saying is that as you abide in me and I in you, as I fellowship with you and, and love on you and take care of you and you begin to know more and more about me, you're going to have the same desires that I'm going to have. And when you lift up your prayers, your prayers are going to be the things that I would have you to pray for. Your desire might not be, well, Lord, I want to pray that I keep my job, but rather it might be, Lord, will you open the doors so that my buddy can get a job? 
Or even more importantly than that, Lord, will you open the doors so that my buddy will come to know Jesus Christ? Because it doesn't matter what kind of job he's got on this earth if he's going to die and go to hell. So our desires become his desires. You ask me whatever you want and it shall be done for you. And he finishes up here by saying, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. And again, and I know I'm kind of taking it out of context, when he refers to bear much fruit right here, I want to narrow it down to he wants you to bear a lot of, a lot of fruit in the sense of having that peace and having that contentment and having that joy. And he wants you to bear it so much, much fruit, so that others can see it. The whole purpose of us bearing fruit as Christians is so that other people can see it and they're going to glorify our Father in heaven. God's desire for us this morning is, is, is for us to abide in Him in such a way for us to give Him so much control over our lives that our homes can be literally falling down around us and we're like, that's okay. God's going to take care of me. And when other people see us, how in the world can you react like that? You've just lost everything. And we can say, yeah, you know what? You hit the nail on the head. I lost things. Things that can be replaced. Things that were never mine to begin with. But I'm at peace today and I'm content today because I know my Heavenly Father loves me and even in the midst of this, He's got a plan for my life. But to have that kind of life, we've got to abide in Him. And let me ask you this morning, is, can you say that about your life this morning? And I'm talking to... to Many of the Christians this morning, can, can you say this morning that, that you have got the peace and you have got the contentment and the joy that it doesn't matter what goes on around you because you're abiding in Christ? Because you've not been afraid to, you know what, I know maybe the church didn't teach this when I was growing up and it sounds kind of weird, but if he tells me that I can call him Abba, Abba, which in the Hebrew literally means daddy, if he wants to treat me like his child, I'm going to come to him for more than right and wrong. I'm going to come to him for more, more than, than, Lord, do I do this or do I do that? I'm going to come to him and I'm going to crawl up on his lap and I'm going to let him love me. And I'm going to let him take care of me. And I'm, I'm going to let him treat me like his one and only child. See, I think some, somewhere along the line, the church has kind of missed that. And it's tough for us sometimes to think that way, but, but is, that, is that where you are in your relationship with God this morning? Not going to say that on occasion, because we're all human beings, sin-prone human beings, we're going to stumble, we're going to fall, and we take our focus off of Him, and we start to worry a little bit, or we might panic about this or that or the other. But, but the, the desire of our life is to abide in Him. Is that where you are this morning? 
And I guess my next question would be, if not, why not? Why deal with worry? Why deal with pain? Why deal with concerns over things? Guess what, guys? We got no control over. When God says, if you come to me and if you abide in me, I'm going to take that worry away from you. Most of us in here that are working jobs have probably got a 401k or, or some type of retirement retirement plan, guess what? <laughs> Just because we're paying into it don't mean it's going to be there when we retire. Our goal might be, well, I want to get the mortgage paid on my house five, ten years sooner so I can just sit back and relax. Guess what? There's no guarantee that we're going to, we're going to keep that house even if we get it paid off because we've got no control over what's going on around us. But God says if you come to me and if you abide in me, you won't care about that. And I'm not talking about a flippant attitude, yeah, I just burned down, you know, God's going to take care of me, but an attitude of, well, if God forbid something should happen, it doesn't matter because God's Word says He's going to take care of me. Is that your life right now? If not, if not, why not? And my challenge is going to be, and if not, are you willing to take that chance this morning? Are you willing to say, God, I want more out of my relationship with you than what I've got right now. I want more from you other than just my guide. Somebody I bounce ideas off of. I want to have a relationship with you like maybe I desired to have with my father, only closer. Are you willing to step out this morning? Are you willing to take that chance and say, Lord, I'm going to try that because I don't want to be worried. I don't want to have fear. I want to know peace and contentment. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, whether you want to admit it or not, you live in fear. You've got concerns. You've got worries. Jesus says, if you come to me, I'll take that worry away from you. doesn't mean He'll take the problems away, but it means He'll see you through the problems and He'll take care of you. The only way he can do that is if you give your life to him. If it's your desire this morning to know Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. If you want to come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior that, that speaks to him and, and tells him the desire of your heart, so everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes. And If that's your desire this morning, just say something like this, Heavenly Father, I, I realize this morning that I'm a sinner. Lord, that means I've done things to disobey you in my thoughts, with my words, or, or Lord, even with my actions.